Wall Street is not putting your best interest first. If you do want to learn how to say, all right, I'm, I'm tired of my information being hacked. I'm tired of standing outside waiting for a bank to open in 2018. I want to send money to somebody and I want it to settle right this instant. This is an option, right, that you should look at if you ultimately say, all right, I want to control this part of my life. You are listening to Bitcoin, blockchain and the technologies of our future with Naomi Brockwell. I'm here with Tyrone Ross, who is managing partner at Noble Bridge Wealth Management. Thank you so much for chatting with me. Thank you so much for having me. So I just watched a wonderful panel uh, of you today here at Consensus Invest, and you gave some very unconventional advice. Not technically advice. We don't give financial advice when we uh, do yes. panels. Yes. Uh, good thing to say that. All videos for that matter. Um, but it's a very interesting perspective that I actually did not expect uh, from a company coming out of Wall Street. Right. Yeah, I, I mean, I knew an ETF would come up at some point um, on our panel. And so let's go straight there. Yeah. ETFs, it's a buzzword at the moment. Everyone is looking at that and especially Wall Street are looking at that. And they're hoping and praying and wanting this financial tool uh, to be approved by the SEC and by the government. And yet you came out and said something a little different. Yeah, I, I'm not a fan. And if, if and when it ever happens, I will not let my clients go near it. Interesting. And why is that? I've tr- I'm a true believer in the, the original ethos of crypto, which is everyone holds the assets themselves individually. And to be honest, I kind of had that same tact in the traditional markets. I, I am a fan of ETFs in some capacity, but a lot of my clients do own individual securities, which most advisors would be like, oh, that's dead. But, you know, if you go back years ago, those that accumulated any type of wealth, they bought Hershey's, they bought Johnson & Johnson, they bought General Mills, and they, hold, they held on, rather, to those really strong companies. So why would we not, if we're doing everything in the traditional realm anyway, especially in an in a asset that's supposed to be decentralized and about being peer-to-peer and personally banked, that let's own the actual asset. I think the issue for financial services is they don't want to teach people to do that. Well, I think maybe they don't know themselves. Right, it's like this right. new, new technology that maybe a lot of people in traditional finance just don't understand. Right, 100%. And, and, and let's be clear, and I was actually having this conversation with Caitlin, is that it's dangerous. Those things coming into play you know, she, she wrote a really good piece on Bact as well. That, those are kind of destructive when you look at it. Um, yes, it's validation and the prices of everybody's fund will go up and everybody will make a lot of money. But and it's more secure than the regular yeah, asset. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you have, you know, someone buying Bitcoin in their 401k or buying it in a brokerage account and doing it through. And, and just imagine that. You can't understand, you can't get folks to understand tech and money, put them together. They don't understand crypto. Now let's put crypto inside of an ETF, which people don't get as well. So it just, it, it's just layering on nonsense just simply so Wall Street can make money. It's a joke. That does seem to be a pattern that we see out of Wall Street. A lot of these very complicated financial tools that a lot of people can't wrap their head around. And, you know, the more you muddy the waters, um, the easier it is for you to kind of get your own way and and make money. It's as long as you're confusing people, as long as you feel like, okay, well, this is something I understand that you don't. I could charge you a fee for that and say I'm giving you advice as opposed to the advisor or the institution empowering the individual to say this is an asset that you should truly, you know, use yourself 
learn how to use it, learn how to custody it, learn how to trade it, um, and make that a part of your whole offering. Mm -hmm. And that's what we do. Well, there are some people who would say that an ETF makes things safer for the consumer because when you have your own assets, when you have Bitcoin and you're storing it yourself, you're required to have a lot of security. And I think a lot of people have very bad security and perhaps don't understand that. So, I mean, would you agree that an ETF might be a better option for someone who just, you know, is the type of person who writes their password on a sticky note on the computer? No. Um, I, 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 no, I, I don't. But again, because it's, it's not like they're actually truly going to understand it. I, I get it in practicality. Yes, they're just going to buy it and then it'll be in their account. But again, we didn't talk about this on the panel, but the whole, again, going back to the original ethos, if it's not, you know, if you don't own the private keys, you don't own the Bitcoin if they're on the exchange. But let's be honest. One of the issues now is how complicated it is for folks to understand custodying their own Bitcoin or their own crypto. That's resolved by some folks actually being able to leave their crypto on an exchange like Coinbase, which is why I say if, and if there is some cases where folks leaving their Bitcoin or Ether or, you know, zero X on an actual exchange is safe. Coinbase, not Binance, not, you know, Kraken or whatever, but Coinbase may be the best opportunity for folks to do that and have security and insurance and all those other things as opposed to being spoon fed an ETF, which, again, for all intents purposes, is not for them. That's really interesting that, that you say that. You hear so many people out there um, who, you know, a lot of people who are anti-Coinbase for that reason, because it is centralized and people see it akin to like this, this bank. But you're saying that, you know, if the alternative is people buying an ETF where they don't even have the underlying asset that they're holding, um, you know, then Coinbase is clearly a better alternative because at least then you actually have the product and they can take care of security in a much better way than the individual ever can. I mean, I don't have the finances of Coinbase, you know. And you look at the big backers of Coinbase, right? And again, pick the centralization that you want. Do you want the ETF or do you want an institution, which I believe like Coinbase is, which is going to be the bank, the crypto bank of the future. So you look at the people that are backing it. You look at the large institutions that are backing them. You look at the people that are fleeing Wall Street and joining them. If you're going to be comfortable with anyone being somewhere right now on an exchange and they're building out all types of platform, it would be there as opposed to saying, OK, well, X, Y and Z firm on Wall Street is going to issue an ETF and then I'm going to buy that on your behalf, Mr. Jones. And they, oh, OK, oh, that's fine. Right. Uh, no, what are the fees? What are, what's in it? Whatever. Oh, it's it's a it's a crypto ETF. We'll just put it as part of your allocation. And it's no. So for the people who are comfortable with storing their own private keys and not giving someone else custody of their, their Bitcoin, does your company provide advice on what good security measures are? Great question. Yes. So we do. So we don't custody. We don't transact on behalf of our clients. But one of the things that we do do, we do walk them through that hot and cold storage, right? Um, a hardware wallet, things like that. But for some clients, they literally have their Bitcoin on the cash app. Right. And you look at what they just announced with their cold storage, open source cold storage. That's pretty impressive for Cash App. Right. For what they're doing. Um, some may have it on Abra. Right. Which, again, is is a fairly safe method. And I've have all of these apps on my phone. I go through them because if my clients are using them, I need to know. So I'll, kind of, I'll actually kind of walk through the process and you learn as they learn, and then, you know, for, again, depending on where they are, there are some who are just, okay, I'm ready to take them off of the exchange. How do I do that? And then we sit and walk them through it. 
Uh, but it all, it's, it's dependent on where, where the client is and their experience in the space. What are some other things that you think Wall Street has gotten wrong uh, when they've been dealing with cryptocurrency and blockchain tech? Oh, that's a really good question. That they've gotten wrong? Uh, maybe you maybe not wrong, but maybe you disagree with them on some things. Maybe they're taking a certain approach and you think that they're missing the point in well, some other one way. One of the things that I'm angered about and I think that's wrong is, so you had this run up last year. You have the first asset in history led by retail, right? Folks is their, their first investment or their, their first exposure to any type of right, democratization of wealth transfer and they're gone and now let's go focus on institutions. There's no focus on investor education. There's no focus on putting money behind the tools and the resources that are going to be built because eventually all this institutional infrastructure that they want to build is, to, again, to lure the retail investor back into the crypto markets. So it bothers me that we've gone the other way, which I think, again, folks like myself, I think it's incumbent of us, those in financial services and traditional advisors, to now reach out and say, okay, let's get educated educated on this space. Let's learn because just like, you know, the last however many years, Wall Street is, they're not putting your best interest first. Let's put your best interest first. Um, so that's the one thing that I, that I see now that I don't like. Um, but again, I, I get it. I, I get it. But to me, I think it's, it's important that we, we put the focus back on the retail investor, educate them and truly empower people. Because as I said on stage, crypto can go to zero tomorrow. This whole thing could go away. Financial services has changed forever. It's, it's changed, right? It's like Napster. You can't unknow what happened, right? Napster failed, but what happened? It left a gaping hole in the legacy system of music, and then they had to evolve, right? And now we have Apple Music and Spotify. So I think that's kind of the same thing here. Folks need to embrace that financial services, the ability to send money, the ability to cut out middlemen, um, transaction times, all those things are going to be sped up because crypto existed. So I think focus back on the retail investor and just in, in financial services in general, I wish there was more focus on that. And I think that's a great point about education and the need for education in the space, because I think a lot of crypto people, it's not just Wall Street eyeing ETFs and getting excited. I think people in crypto as well are looking at it and seeing as ETFs are some kind of savior that's going to come in and, oh, when the ETF gets approved, we'll rally, we'll have a bull run. And it's, um, it's this strange cognitive dissonance, a group of people who didn't want government controlling the money supply in the first place now saying, OK, let's bring big institutions back into the picture and this ETF is, is the answer. Let's put middlemen back in there. So what do you think it will take to educate people and teach them why middlemen are not necessarily a good thing to be having in finance, why they might not necessarily want someone else having custody of their money or control over their money? Because it seems that they, they don't get it right. yet. So what can we do to teach them this? I think it's, it's, a, it's, it's another piece in the puzzle for people, right? So let's look at the landscape of the U.S., consumer doesn't need Bitcoin. I don't need to pay at Starbucks with Bitcoin. I just don't need to do that. We have so many ways to pay in this country, right? And then you look at, you know, the, the makeup of what we have of, um, again, Venmo, PayPal, right? When, when Revolut um, launches here, SoFi, Betterment, well, there, there's so many different ways, Apple Pay, for people to pay. I think one of the things that, that needs to happen is 
just to get people to understand what this is ultimately going to mean in terms of an option for them. If you do want to learn how to say, all right, I'm, I'm tired of my information being hacked, right? Or I'm tired of standing outside waiting for a bank to open in 2018. I want to control that myself. I want to be able to share a certain amount of my data. I'm tired of companies having access to every transaction I've right. ever made. Oh, I want to send money to somebody and I want it to settle right this instant, right now. I don't want to have to wait a day or two days, right? And for someone like myself, right, I, I mean, I, I grew up not with a lot of money and, and it was very difficult financially and I could only think about my parents, if, if, if the money had settled two days earlier, we wouldn't have been evicted. Right. So that's a big deal. And that's how I look at this. So I think my mother or my partner's mother or your mom or sister or brother, until it's a point where blockchain is just operating in the background and it's just easier to transact. Right. I believe that I'm going to sit with my clients like this and we'll do a review and we'll touch phones and they paid me. And I go their way and they go mine. And all of the information is secure there, right? And I have the data from them that I need to know. All of these things are there, but I just think we need to just get people to understand, stop using big words. This is not something that you need to do. You don't have to do it. Let's stop forcing Bitcoin on people. But this is an option, right, that you should look at if you ultimately say, all right, I want to control this part of my life. And everyone has that at some point in every part of their life. But, you know, when the student is ready, the teacher will appear, they say. Absolutely. So I, I do think that we have a huge issue with Wall Street obfuscating things, uh, confusing people. They have a track record of doing this. And so maybe what we need is more financial people who understand traditional finance but actually get the ethos of Bitcoin, who can pass on that information and show people how this is a financial revolution and we don't need to try and shoehorn it into a traditional financial structure. I agree 100%. And I encourage you know, on my Twitter, I'm always encouraging advisors to listen. I, I truly believe if you give this a shot just to study it and learn as much as you can, you can't walk away and say it's nothing. It's impossible. And I'm not that smart. And I did it. There's really smart people in this business that I think if they studied it, they would say, all right, there's something here. Even if you hit me with the Bitcoin, not blockchain, a blockchain, not whatever. But I think, I think there's something there for us to take, especially as financial advisors, because our business is going to get decimated because of this. Crushed, crushed, absolutely crushed. So advisors should embrace it enough to simply give cogent advice to their clients to say, this is the best I can do for you right now in terms of what I understand. Yay or nay, I don't care, but just sit with it. And, and is, if we do that and just let people know it's an option, I think moving forward, um, we'll have a, a better and, and more fair financial system. And that's really what it's about. Well, you certainly provide an unconventional perspective uh, as far as Wall Street perspectives go, but I really appreciate your time. Thanks so much for chatting with me. All right. Thank you for having me. This was great. Thank you. For extra material and any links mentioned in this podcast, please visit naomibrockwell.com. If you'd like to watch the video version, please visit Naomi Brockwell TV on YouTube, BitChute or DTube. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Bitcoin, Blockchain and the Technologies of Our Future.